In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Our epistle today is particularly noteworthy because it proclaims, perhaps more clearly than any other New Testament passage, that the creation, the world God made in Genesis, will share in the glory of the coming resurrection. Romans 8.20 says that the creation was an innocent victim of the fall. It was made subject to the effects of sin, quote, not willingly, but because God willed it to be so, quote, in hope. The sin of the people God put in charge of the creation affected the creation so that there is turmoil, decay, and death in the created order. However, just as there is hope for the world, uh, is this hope for our own resurrection, even though we've sinned, there's hope for the world that is marred by our sin. On the cross, Jesus redeemed not just people, but the whole creation. As the Good Friday hymn says, quote, Earth and stars and sky and ocean by that flood from stain are freed. The creation shares with us the hope of resurrection. Quote, the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. This hope is described in the epistle as an inner longing that fills the created order. The whole creation groans and travails in labor, waiting for the deliverance just as we who have the first fruits of the Spirit eagerly wait for our redemption. We tend to spiritualize our understanding of redemption. People talk about salvation in terms of, quote, going to heaven when they die. Heaven is generally thought of as a spiritual as opposed to a physical place. To be sure, we believe, as New Testament teaches us, that the departed in Christ are with Christ or in paradise. But this is an intermediate and not a final state. The departed in Christ also await the return of Christ to judge the world, raise the dead, and renew the creation. If going to heaven is the ultimate destiny of the redeemed, then our salvation would have no connection with the physical world. This leads many to think of the Christian hope as an escape from the physical world into the realm of spirit. <clears throat> this is why we must continually emphasize that the Christian hope is the hope of resurrection. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. As long as our spirits are separated from our bodies, we have not yet reached our final destiny. We will be given new bodies in the resurrection for the purposes of living in a new world, for the creation will also experience the resurrection. The idea that salvation involves an escape from the physical into the spiritual 
is an Eastern idea. It is a concept found in Hinduism and Buddhism, but not in Christianity. Christianity teaches that we will be saved not when we are free from the body, but when we are free in the body. The problem with our current bodies is not that they are physical. The problem is that they are subject to sin. Resurrection is the restoration of physical life in harmony with God in a renewed creation. The idea of salvation as escape from the creation is implied in the popular rapture theology. Rapture adherents are waiting for Christ to come and take them away from the earth to some unspecified place. Their main concern is to guarantee a seat on the train that is leaving earth before it is destroyed. This perspective has lost sight of Romans 8 and the promise that the creation will also be saved. It also tends to obscure the proper Christian concern for stewardship of the current creation. The current creation, in our understanding, is a sacramental sign that points to our future inheritance. As Jesus said, quote, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To think of salvation in purely spiritual terms also makes the promise of salvation less attractive. I've been at dozens of funerals where people have said the departed is in heaven in a, quote, better place, but I always doubt that the people really believe it. What we love in life is largely physical. We gather together, eat together, work together and pray together. When people die, what we miss is their presence, the ability to do these things with them. That is why it is hard to long for a salvation that is presented as escape from body and escape from creation. If we think about it, it doesn't make sense that God would create a glorious and beautiful world in the beginning and then plot out a plan of salvation that involved the complete destruction of that world. In fact, if we look closely, the last chapters of Revelation describe the redeemed creation in terms that sound very much like the Garden of Eden, like a renewed creation. There is a river of water of life that flows from God's throne. There is the tree of life that bears fruit to eat, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. There is a marriage supper to be celebrated and presumably to be eaten. It is presented to us as a spiritual reality to be sure, but it is not spirit divorced from body and creation. It is rather body and creation filled with God's spirit. It is body and creation restored to or brought to the glory God intended when he made the world in the beginning. We want life in the body, in the creation. What we want is that life to be free from the curse of sin. 
This is what the Bible promises. As St. John tells us in Revelation, quote, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. When the Bible tells us that God will make all things new, it does not mean that he will completely obliterate the old. It means that he will renew what is old and dying so that it can become what he intended it to be. The new covenant that God made with us in Christ did not obliterate the old covenant. The new covenant brought the old to its fulfillment, its intended conclusion. The new creation will not obliterate the old creation. The new creation will bring the old creation to its fulfillment. This principle can be understood in the light of Easter. God did not destroy the body in which Jesus died. He resurrected and renewed it so that what is mortal became immortal. This is the pattern for our own bodies and the creation our mortal bodies will be changed. As 1 Corinthians says, this mortal must put on immortality. Likewise, the current creation will not be thrown away. It will be changed, renewed, resurrected. If we are in awe of the creation as we now observe it, imagine how it will be when our eyes are fully open in the resurrection, and when the creation has also been set free. This is a salvation that we can truly desire. Indeed, the whole creation groans and travails with labor pains of anticipation. And not only they, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.